It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga. 960 AM or its management. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mindset Mentor. I'm Tanya Kolar, helping you cultivate a life you love. As you know, your mindset is like a muscle that needs to be strengthened and conditioned. And this is your mindset workout. I'm really excited about today's show. I have a guest who you know, has so much incredible knowledge and information to share with you. He's uh, an author of many, many books, and we're going to delve into one of his books. We're really going to focus on the wellness puzzle. And, you know, I, I just, which is, by the way, um, one of the, the books that uh, my guest has written. And I love the title itself because, again, you know, it really... Um, you know, it's inspiring. It implies that we can construct our health, right? It's, it's, it's creating optimal health. So it's that wellness puzzle, creating optimal health one piece at a time. And that's great news because that means that you have the power and you have the control to make a shift. And we will talk about the mind shift needed to go from a suboptimal health to the health that you want. And, and so what I'm going to do is Delve in and jump into the conversation and say hello and welcome to Andrew Jobling. Uh, Andrew has written nine books. Uh, he is a speaker. He is also a, a former pro footballer. So really interesting background. And he spent 30 years in the, you know, the health and well-being space. And he's really going to help us to reconstruct the pieces uh, and, and what optimal health looks like. Because at the end of the day, we all know that we want optimal health. We strive for that. Um, but there is a missing piece. So we're going to figure out what the pieces needed are and how to create better health overall. So, Andrew Jobling, it is such a pleasure to have you here today. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here, Tonya. Thank you so much for having me. Well, on the know, other side of the world, I am. Yes, absolutely. So Melbourne, Australia, you're here, you know, so that's, I love the power of technology. And, you know, it really sort of goes to the point, Andrew, of, um, you know, finding the, the blessings in some of the challenges in life. So that's for me, I think, through this pandemic, technology has been amazing, right, to connect us all, to keep us, you know, healthier in that sense, because I think, obviously, um, or communication relationships are extremely important and of course would be a component of, of better health, right? Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it too. I think the last 12 months as we as we talk, it's been about 12 months since this whole pandemic sort of kicked into high gear. And and I know for me, I'm I'm a speaker. You know, I, I speak in front of uh apologize for that. Someone's calling you right now to speak. <laughs> <laughs> they are, yes. You'll have to wait. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah look, I, I was a speaker, or well, still am a speaker, mm -hmm. in front of groups, in front of people. Yeah, that was 
I was out and about and meetings and all sorts of stuff. And within a heartbeat, that was gone. That was taken away from me. And 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 I found myself for a short period of time in fetal position on the floor and then realised, well, there's a lot of ways to do what I do. In fact, I've, I've now gone from a local audience to a global audience. I've started a podcast. I've, you know, I've, I've created all sorts of amazing things. I'm getting my 10th book published in, in 2021. Uh, to me, a pandemic is, you know, with all the challenges that have come with it, has been probably the best 12 months of my life in a lot of respects, personally and professionally. So it's all how you look at it. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that you say that because, again, that is really inspiring, um, you know, for so many people who are finding it a challenge and who are still fighting through that challenge. So to be able to, to you know, have a new perspective and look at things from a different light, I think can really change how, how we live our, our lives and, and the quality of the, the life that we're living, right? When we can switch that, that thinking and the mindset um, and start to recognize some of the, uh, the more positive aspects, right? Because because they all coexist and every moment certainly is a choice. Um, so, you know, I'd love to talk to you about, uh, you know, what is your definition of optimal health? Because I think we all strive to be uh, healthy. Ideally, everybody wants to be healthy. I don't think anybody chooses to have poor health or not feel, uh, you know, energized or wh whatever that optimal health looks like. But if that's the case, then Andrew, why are we all struggling so much to find that optimal health? That's a good question, Tonya. And you're right, we don't deliberately choose poor health, but the reality is we choose poor health. I mean, we don't, we're not unhealthy. It's not, in most cases, it's not luck. It's not chance. It's not, well, oh, I just ended up sick or overweight or lethargic. We choose it. And I think the first, people are hating me already, um, the, the first thing is we've got to take responsibility for our, our choices. And, and it comes to it, you know, there's a real understanding about what is well-being. And I think, you know, I've got over 30 years in the health and well-being space. So I started out as a personal trainer coming out of a professional sporting background. So my idea of health and well-being was train really hard, you know, exercise until you can't walk. Yeah. And if you vomit, you're doing well. You know, yeah. that sort of crazy mindset where I thought, well, just, Jeez, you know, extreme. Jog it out was was one of the famous sayings when I was playing professional sport. You've got a sore leg, jog it out. You'll be right. The the wow, great Aussie saying, "You'll be right, mate," um, <laughs> is not really, doesn't really stand up these days. Mm -hmm. So you know, I learned a lot about. Um, I decided I need to learn about nutrition, which was a big part of what led me into writing my first book. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, uh, but I've just I've recognised along the journey that as I observe there's a lot more to it than exercise and eating well and why is it the question that that often came to me was why is it that people that don't necessarily eat well or exercise end up living a long happy beautiful life and and i've got a hungarian background my hungarian great-grandmother lived to 97 and she smoked a carton of cigarettes a week and she drank brandy every day and she ate rich hungarian food wow. i could never work it out I, I had no understanding of how possibly could she live to that age with those questionable lifestyle habits. And then on the other hand, you know, as a personal trainer, looking around going, well, there are people exercising regularly, they're eating well, well, mm -hmm. yet they're getting sick and end up sick or dying before the time. And, and I could never work it out. And then there was a real penny drop moment for me when I was actually reading a book that talked about, you know, you talk about mindset and, and 
you know, it's, I start to understand this mind-body connection. And, you know, the, the study was done on 50 people that lived joyfully beyond 100 years of age. So my definition of optimal well-being is what I call joyful longevity, which means living a life of purpose, living a life of joy, living, feeling like every day is, is a gift, um, loving what you do, loving who you do it with, and do it until you're well over 100 years old. Okay, so that's my definition. Optimal well-being to me is not a six-pack and buns of steel, uh, unless you know you want six packs and buns of steel, and I don't mind six packs and buns of steel. But that's not health. You know, the the, the way your body looks is not optimal well-being. The way you function, the way you the way you do things, the things that mean the most to you, the fact that every day is a joy rather than a stress or an anxiety. And unfortunately, most people wake up and they're not joyful. They're not grateful they're not looking forward to their day they're stressed and anxious and it's that stress and anxiety that's devastating people's well-being and so this study that i was i mentioned that talked about 50 people that live joyfully beyond 100 years of age and it's interesting because here's in my mind how do you live beyond 100 i'm reading this book here here you go here are the here are the keys to real people that have lived not theory not and because theory will tell you to eat well and exercise regularly, get enough sleep, don't smoke, don't drink, do all those things, right? That's what theory will tell us. But reality will tell us that these 50 people, out of all of the habits and, and choices they were making, good nutrition and regular exercise was inconsistent. What was consistent, nine out of 10, so 45 out of 50 people said they wake up every day grateful for a new day. Mm. They're able to look at the positive side of life. You know, we've just been through a pandemic. How do you find a positive out of a pandemic? Well, that's the secret. They were able to forgive and they didn't hold on to resentment. So so it just obviously this then just for me went, whoa, okay, so how we think and, and the resulting emotions that we hold on to are the things that are going to most, most powerfully affect our physiology. Therefore, they're going to affect not just the choices that we make but but our brain, how you know, we talked before we started recording about neuroscience, the, the effect on the brain, the effect on your DNA, the effect on your immune system. And so really, I guess from that moment on, it's just been this, okay, I've got to work this out. I've got to try and find all those pieces that, you know, because it's not just eating well, that's part of it. It's not just exercise, that's part of it. It's very much around how do we, what are we focusing on? You know, how much do we love our life if we don't love it? How do we love it? You know, what are the, the other things that are really impacting our physical well-being. I, this is my belief, Tony, is that we are all born to be amazing. We're born to be brilliant. We're born. We're born for a reason. You know, there's no chance that we're on this planet. You know, if you were to actually try and work out the odds of being alive, your head would explode. Mm-hmm. The the chances are so negligible that it can't be luck. That's my. This is my belief. We're all here for a purpose. I and our job agree. is to find that purpose. Once you find that purpose, everything else takes care of itself. And that's purpose is the first piece of the wellness puzzle. Yeah, that's a that's a a big piece, uh, you know, I think for a lot of people and the fact that, um, you know, so many people have had to make a shift um, or found themselves out of a job because of the pandemic or now working from home. So they're learning how to, you know, adapt and be agile. I think that's a great opportunity to really sort of check in and say, you know, maybe this is an opportunity for me now to actually do something that I love because that is priceless. That is a gift that you give yourself when you do find your purpose and when you can pursue that and when you can get 
get up every day, jump out of bed, be inspired, be energized and excited about the day and have that, that grateful heart and attitude, you know, life is completely different. Uh, and the reality is, is that so many people dread getting up in the morning. They're constantly hitting the snooze because it's the same day over and over. It's the same day that they dread. Um, and so they're not inspired. Um, and all of that, that, uh, that, feeling, the mind, the, the, the thoughts, the mindset that's going on, you know, that's going to create a lot of the physical problems, right? We know that that's going to lead to disease in the body. Um, and it just sets you up for a very negative spiral. So if we can start to unravel that, catch it, uh, you know, and make that shift to really foster a, a better and stronger mindset that can serve us, you know, we would all be in a much better position. And I think that that should be the goal. Yeah, I think we just do think. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Instead of habit, it's this habitual pattern. It's a cycle. We, you know, we live the same day over and over and over again. And it just becomes so familiar that it's so fearful to step out of that pattern. And I think that's what holds people back. It's the fear. So, Andrew, you know, when working with your with your clients throughout your years, how do you help them to not be so fearful and to jump into that uncertainty with an open heart or at least uh, the, a possibility of finding something that will, you know, drive the purpose and the passion or reignite it? Because I think a lot of people just suppress it. It's there. And I absolutely agree with you that everybody is amazing. Everybody is unique. I mean, there's 7.8 billion people on this planet. There is no one else out there like you. Be your beautiful best self. You are meant to have an extraordinary life and to showcase your talents and to share your gift, whatever those may be, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're watching this, you're amazing. You are absolutely amazing. So and, amazing, uh, listeners. Uh, you are amazing. Well, and those are watching. The hard, the hard thing is believing that. And I think we, you know, we've been a lot of people have been conditioned that they're not amazing, that they're not great, that they're, you know, and, and you watch, you observe your environments. You know, we are a product of our environment, right? Um, you know, so if if you've grown up in an abusive situation, you're gonna have a low self-esteem, or if or not even abusive, but it but just communication. Um, the way that communication happens, you know, that is what becomes normal. You watch your family and you see how they make a living. You think, well, that's what's normal. And, and, and we see it and we go, okay, well, I guess that's what I've got to do. And I think, you know, as kids, we wait, we're born with this infinite possibility, right? Like we, we can fly to the moon. We can do anything when we're kids. And 
and, and we have these visions of the life we want to live and the things we want to do. I'm going to be the president of the US, the US or I'm going to fly to the moon. I'm going to be a, a movie star. I'm going to be uh, an amazing athlete, whatever it might be. And that gets beaten out of us, um, either deliberately or, or not, um, where we get told to be careful and don't take risks and don't set yourself up for failure and all these things. And, and that fear gets put into us. We're not born fearful people at all. Mm-hmm. We're born, you know, you remember, if you remember yourself as a baby, were you fearful of crying to get someone else's attention? Like if you needed to have your nappy changed, you cried and you didn't stop crying until it happened. What about today? I mean, how persistent are we for the things that we want? Mm-hmm. How clear are we for the things that we want? How clear are we about what is most important in our life? And I think the first step, Tanya, is we need to get clarity around what, not what do I want to do? Wrong question that we've been asked. Mm-hmm. You know, what teenager knows what they want to do when they grow up? Yeah, no idea. Yeah, that's the question we get asked, you know, in, in 10, 11, grade, grade 10, 11, 12, yeah. we get asked, we get well, what do you want to do? That, what do you right? want to do? Yeah, right. And, and I, I have think no some idea. People, yeah, they don't give themselves permission to change that thought, that initial idea that they had. It's like, you're allowed to change your mind. You don't know. We, we're always constantly evolving, right? We're lifelong learners. Absolutely. So the question should not be, what do you want to do? The question should be, how do you want to live? So if you haven't yet asked yourself that question, how do I want to live? I want to encourage you to ask that question now, because I guarantee most of us would say the same thing. Most of us would say, I want to be happy. Mm -hmm. I want to be healthy. I want to have money. Mm -hmm. I want to have time. I want to have great relationships. I want to be able to travel. I want to do things that are meaningful and purposeful. I want to live my best life. I mean, is there anyone that would go, well, I would like to be miserable, unhealthy, die young? No, yeah, right. I certainly hope not. Like. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't yeah. think there's anyone that yeah. would, would say that. So yeah. when it comes to how do I want to live, and you can create a very clear picture of that, that will then starts to dictate the choices that we make because mm-hmm. If I now know I want to live, I want financial freedom, I want to be optimally healthy, I want to have great relationships, then I'm going to start doing the things that are going to lead me to that vision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, most people say, well, I want to be a a doctor. And they go down the path of becoming a doctor and then realise this is not what I want to do at all. Um, but they do it because they've done 10 years of study and they've yeah. got to do it now and it's mis- they're miserable, but you know, I'm a doctor. and Yeah, it's the expectation of somebody else. So you're living somebody else's life of what they yep. think your life should look like. And that's always coming from it, you know, with the, the wrong intention, right? Um, so I, I love that question. How do I want to live? So, you know, I, I, I'm wondering for you, Andrew, what was the moment and was there a moment where you asked that question? How do I want oh, to live? Totally. Totally. Oh my mm. gosh. Tony, I'll tell you where I was at. Um, I'd been personal training for about close to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was what I wanted to do. But if you know anything about the personal training industry, you know, you get up at five o'clock in the morning, you work till nine o'clock at night. Um, your income's up one week down the next. There's no stability. There's no, and, and, and as much as I loved helping people, it wasn't, I wasn't living the life I wanted to live. Um, so I thought, well, I'd learned a lot about nutrition and this is just before I wrote my first book. So this is, this is an important part of the story. Uh, so I thought I'm going to buy a cafe. 
as you do. Like I'm working 80 plus hours a week as a personal trainer, but I'll buy a cafe because why not? Because I knew that if I could supply great food and teach people and help people, then that would help me fulfill this passion of mine. All it did was was um, move me to working seven days a week, over 100 hours. hours. And within two years, <laughs> cafe was in about $100,000 debt mm. and I was broke. I was broken. I was devastated. I was exhausted. I was on the verge of mental, emotional, physical breakdowns. Wow. And I sat there. I remember this one day. I remember sitting there, head in my hands, saying, this is, what? how did I get here? This is not, you know, I've always learned in life, work hard. You just work hard and you'll be right. Mm. Again, the old Aussie adage, she'll be right, mate. Mm. Okay, well, she won't be. You know, working hard is not the answer unless you've got clarity around what you're, what you're working towards. And I didn't know. I just thought if I work, 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 all of a sudden everything will be okay. So that's, it was at that moment I sat there, head in my hands, thinking, this is not working. You know, is, I thought I wanted to be a personal trainer. I thought I wanted to be a cafe. And a, then I asked myself the question, so how do I want to live at that moment? So the question I asked myself was, this is not how I want. What do I want? I want freedom. I want to make a difference. I, I want to have a global impact. I want to have money and time and well-being and great relationships and freedom to travel and do what I want. I got very clear about what I wanted. At that moment, a crazy idea came into my head. An illogical idea came into my head. At that moment. That, at that moment. Mm. And that was write a book. Now, why that was, that was a ridiculous, and I call myself an accidental author. Mm. And the reason why that was such a crazy idea was because at that time I was working over 100 hours a week, no time. I had no background in writing. English was my worst subject by far. Uh, I didn't read. I had no experience, qualifications. Mm. I had nothing that would indicate that writing a book was a sensible idea except a feeling. It was an intuitive feeling. And I'm a very spontaneous person. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought a cafe. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a vet. And, and so for the people that this is, this is what I recommend. I get the idea here and I visualize writing a book. I thought, okay, if I write a book, it's going to be a bestseller. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. It's going to be a bestselling book. I'm going to start creating royalty-based income. I'm going to have exposure. I'm going to get speaking gigs. I'm going to make money. I'm going to be able to retire from personal training. And I'm going to have freedom and flexibility and I'm going to have purpose. I'm going to absolutely love my life. That was what I imagined. Now, can you imagine that vision? Had it, I mean, I felt excited. I said, yay, that's what I want. So I moved it out of my head and into my heart and I got into action that day. I started writing. Okay, that's... Didn't that's, know what I was doing. Yeah. Didn't know how I was going to do it. Mm. But I started writing. And two years later, I published my first book. Um, two years after that, I was retired from personal training. And everything that I visualized in my head at that time has come true. I absolutely love that. And I think that, you know, you said something that was so key in all of that. You said in that moment, you know, I took action. Um, and I think that so many of us get that intuitive uh, nudge, so to speak, that feeling that we should do something, you know, divine, divine inspiration, uh, and we don't act on it. And then it disappears because we let that fizzle out. But acting on it in that moment is so key to 
letting it flow and being in that moment as opposed to fighting and having all the resistance where life gets challenging. If something is right and you, you said it felt good, it felt right, um, then we should act on that um, because that that is the beauty that when something comes to you that's inherently part of you know your purpose in life, um, it does feel right. And I think it's important to to really take take action and be aware of those moments so that we can have more of those moments, right? And 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 go towards the path that uh, that we want, uh, and also the clarity piece. I love that. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation. We do have to take a break, and we will be back right here on Saga Nine Sixty. Stay with us. You're listening to the Mindset Mentor. Stream us live at Saga960AM.ca. Hello and welcome back to The Mindset Mentor. I'm Tanya Kolar and my special guest today is Andrew Jobling, joining me all the way from Melbourne, Australia. Andrew, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Uh, I thank you for your time. I know how busy you are. And in fact, you know, it's interesting. We just took a, a, a break and before we uh, took that break, you were talking about how, you know, you had such a busy life, uh, very busy with obviously your uh, career as a, as a trainer, working all kinds of hours and then adding a cafe onto that more hours and then deciding to become a writer, an accidental writer, as you say. I love that. Uh, taking sort of that that opportunity of uh, intuition when it when it uh, came to you, you acted on that. And I think, you know, I'd love to sort of just continue on that note because your story um, is quite incredible. You know, you basically, uh, you said you were broke and broken. And everybody I think can relate to that. We've all had moments in life um, that are tough, that are challenging. And you, you know, if you're listening right now or watching right now, you may be in that tough spot, uh, but always know that life is a cycle, right? So it's everything is constantly moving. So you're not meant to stay in the ups forever and you're not meant to stay in the, in the lows forever. Um, but I think it's, it's when you're in it, when you're in that low point, it's hard to break out of that. But what I find fascinating about Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your story, Andrew, is that, you know, you immediately had that shift and that moment of clarity. I'd like to touch a little bit more on that clarity and the advice that you can give someone to actually find that clarity in their life, where they're now feeling so lost and they are broke and broken. So how can you find clarity? Good question. I mean, look, all I can give you, Tony, is my experience. And I just knew what I didn't want. I was living it. And I think there's a lot of people right now living a life they don't want. And the problem is we get we get fixated on that life. We go, we, we think about everything that's wrong in our life. I hate this. I don't like that. I don't want this. But the more we actually say to ourselves what we don't want, the more we're going to have it, right? You know, we get what we visualise. We get what we focus on. We get what we... So 
there's got to be a shift where you go, okay, I can't stand this anymore. This is not acceptable to me. You know, it, you won't change anything that that you can bear, that you can tolerate. If you can tolerate it, you won't change it. I got to a point where this life I was living was in tolerable but then the next question was so what life do i want so when you get to that moment where you go so if you're seeing going yeah my life's not that bad enjoy it because it's not going to change okay and when you get to that moment where you go oh, this is not the life i'm destined to live this is not the life i want to live this is not the life i will live what is that life yes. clarity Ask the question, look at the different areas of your life, look at your health and well-being, look at your relationships, look at your financial situation, look at the things you're doing every day. Do they drive you? Do you do they feed you? Do they give you excitement? I wake up at five o'clock every single morning and and I'm up. Why? Because I don't want to waste a second of this life. I'm here once. I've got one shot at this life, and I don't want to get to any point in my life and regret not having done something, said something, tried something, attempted something, I'm going to give it a go because I know that my mission, my passion, my purpose is to create a wave of wellness around the world and to help people live a life of joyful longevity. Every Everything I do, Tanya, feeds that vision. Every book, word that I write, every word that I speak on my podcast, my blogs, my books, my speaking, um, the, my mentoring, these conversations that I have, this is what I do. This is why I do it. So clarity is the key. And then when you get that clarity, there will be a, a positive emotional feeling. In fact, there'll be two probably conflicting feelings. One will be this excitement of, I want that. Yes, I want that. And the other one will be fear or anxiety or I don't know if I can do it. It'll be a belief issue. Yeah. And so you know, I mentioned I'm spontaneous. Like I do, I'm, I'm one of the, my, the things I love about myself and it's led to some incredibly expensive lessons mm-hmm. um, like buying a cafe and finding myself in $100,000 debt. However, had I not made that decision to buy that cafe, I wouldn't have found myself in that position where I was broken, broken to the point where I asked myself the question, how do I want to live, which then led to me making a decision to write a book, which has changed my life. Wow. So that's not $100,000 I lost. Mm-hmm. That was an investment in my purpose. Yes, okay? priceless, priceless. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, spontaneity, I really want to encourage spontaneity because I've got so many stories that I won't share with you now, but they're like ridiculous some of the decisions i've made and i've just taken action on those decisions uh but every single one of them have moved me into a place that's improved my life has moved me on the path to live my purpose so take action now here's the big thing here okay so here i am now sitting there going i'm going to write a book and i could see standing on stage as an author and, and, and a speaker and i could see um, the impact I was having around the world and I could see the choices and the life I was living. But I was thinking, well, who makes, what makes you think you can do that? Like there's this one on one side, the voice saying, do it, do it. It's going to be amazing. On the other side, here's the voice saying, you can't write. You've got no time. You've got no background, no experience, no qualification. What makes you think you can write? Now, important point. I then ask myself this question. Is there categorical evidence that I can't do it? So I don't know if I actually believed I could, but I didn't know that I couldn't. So this is my crazy mind going, okay, 
prove that you can't do it. Can't. There's no proof that I can't be a best-selling author. There's no proof. There's no evidence. No one can sit. No, no one could put me in a court of law in front of a judge and prove categorically that Andrew Jolin cannot be a best-selling author. And therefore, there's a chance. So I just got started. And interestingly, when you take the first step, guess what happens? You you get clearer. You get confidence. The path starts to open. And I took the first step. I, I started writing in the first day, and I, well, I started planning it. And when I planned this book, I thought. Okay, I can write that. I know that stuff. I can communicate. I can talk. Therefore, why can't I write? So I started writing. And each day that I wrote, I visualized every word getting me closer to that vision. I visualized every day moving me closer and it got me excited. And, and every day I got more clarity. I got more confidence. And, and over a period of time, writing became a habit. And, you know, when you create the right habits, you will predictably get the result you want. Before I knew it, I was holding a book in my hands. Um, and that and that really was the start of my life changing so dramatically it's not even funny. Wow. But and it was now, a, but it was a devastating moment that moved me into that that crisis point which I, I said, I do not want to live this life anymore. So what do I want? How do I want to live? Yeah? Get clarity. Then move it from your head into your heart and get started. Yeah, and just, you, you just have to it. get started, take the next step, right? You take one step and the next step will unfold, right? So you don't have to know everything, right? You don't have to know the how. That's where I think people really get stuck and held up is they're trying to work out the how. How am I going to do this? You don't need to know the how, but you have to start. Start and the how will present itself. Um, and so I, I love that. Absolutely love that. And again, it's about you know taking that action and moving forward. And if you don't like something, don't settle for it. You know, we all live a life. Uh, you know, we've all been there. Listen, I've been there. I mean, I, I lived so many limiting beliefs. I was so thick in bad patterns and habits of negative thinking and that, that mindset. You know, it took me, uh, you know, I had a, a real huge mindset shift and it came through challenge. Uh, and so I think that it's important to recognize those challenges as opportunities. It is that opportunity to now become your best self, to go to the next level of who you can become come and to get rid of those barriers because we live a life uh, playing small and playing small is not going to give you the life that you want. It's not going to give you the life that feels good, that resonates with your soul. Um, and that's fulfilling, right? So we talked about that earlier about having that purpose-driven life, waking up and feeling energized. You jump out of bed at five in the morning. Well, maybe you don't jump out of bed. I don't know, but you get up at five and you're willing to start your day and you want to start that day because you don't want to waste a moment. And, you know, I, I think that everybody that should be the goal find something that you love don't be afraid and it, you know you're going to feel the fear but do it anyway as they always say right feel the fear and do it anyway because you never know what's going to unfold for you um, but if you continue to play small you're, you're not going to get it guaranteed you're not going to get the results you want that's true i mean i think most people believe that it's about ability or talent or knowledge mm -hmm. you know and i can you're looking at someone who's got very little natural ability um, I play professional Australian football, you know, and I don't know if you know what Australian football is. It's not soccer. It's not rugby. It's Australian football. So most people that don't live in Australia like, don't know what it is. Is it not? Nope. Is it? Nope. It's not like American football. Nothing no, like it. Really? Okay. Nothing so tell like us. Tell us what what it, what is it? Oh no, I, there's no way I can try and even describe it. You, okay. You have gonna, to. I'm gonna watch Google Google Australian football. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, it, 
but I, you know, I was a, a skinny little insecure, um, sickly little child. I was a middle child. So I was an attention seeker, you know, <laughs> I was always after validation and acceptance and please yeah. look at me and give Find me attention. Yeah. And, and I finally got to a point where I just I thought, how am I going to do it? And again, this is this naive little brain when I don't know how old I was, probably eight or nine years old, maybe yeah. 10, I don't know. And I thought, I'm going to be a footballer. I'm going to be a star. And the thought got me excited. The thought, the vision got me excited. I started, I got into action, spontaneous. I started working and training and practicing, much to the chagrin of my parents and, and certainly and certainly of my teachers who were trying to get me to study. I thought, I don't need that. I'm going to be a footballer. And, and at the age of 16, I was, um, and for the next seven years, I was playing professional sport. Not about talent. I mean, I'm an author today. People go, wow, you must be a good writer. No. No, I'm just passionate. I've got a message. I want to get it out there. I want to change people's lives. I want to change my life. All you need is a vision. You don't need ability. That will the skill you can develop. Mm. You've just got to get started. You have to have so people that are yourself. fearful or yeah. worried about, am I good enough? The answer is yes. yes. You are. Mm-hmm. You are good enough. Mm-hmm. You all. No we've all got the capacity to learn and improve. Um, you may not have that natural ability. So what? I mean, most of them, if you look at most successful people, the most ultimate success, they don't have natural ability. They just had vision and they had clarity and they got into action. They created good habits. Yeah. Perseverance <laughs> their, as well, their success right? is predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, you, you do have to have the, the belief in yourself. You know, you don't need to have other people believing in you, right? It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. If it feels right to you, then do it. Go for it. Uh, this is such a great opportunity, I think, for people to evolve to another version of, of you know, themselves where we are in this pandemic um, and it's such a, a moment. Uh, it's been a huge moment, uh, one very long moment of um, recognizing that you know what is no longer serving us and what we don't like um and i think it's it's a great opportunity to make a choice we've had this huge shift um you know on the earth planet you know this huge shift and so you know don't fight it you know people are always so scared to take the step because it's what feels familiar right so that keeps you in your comfort zone but that comfort zone is not where the growth happens you know you have to move beyond that space the limitations and open yourself up to the limitless possibilities that exist. They are there. Um, you know, you just got to tap into that and just be open to it. It's not having to, to, to be something and, you know, be better and be more. You already are enough. And I think that's one of the biggest problems is that, you know, that belief of I'm not enough, which prohibits us from living that optimal uh, health, right? Um, because of course, our mindset, our beliefs and what we think and what we feel affects the body, you know, the physiology, of course, all of that is intertwined and connected. Um, but I, I love that, um, you know, as your, the title of your book, again, um, the wellness puzzle. I just, I love that because again, it's like, we've all, we've all, you know, either put together a puzzle or seen someone else do it. And the worst thing is, is when you get to the last bit, and you don't have the piece, you're missing a piece. That puzzle can never get completed when you're missing a piece or you have the wrong piece to the puzzle that just doesn't fit. So how, Andrew, do we find uh, all of the right pieces? What are the right pieces to have that optimal health? Yeah, and thank you, wonderful question. And and such a beautiful analogy, and I, and I talk about that. I mean, a puzzle is not complete until the last piece is in there. Mm. 
But the first part of the puzzle is the picture on the front of the box, right? Like if you don't have the clear picture, you'll never make a puzzle, right? So everything really, everything we've spoken about up until this moment is about clarity. What, what are you building? What's, what's the puzzle? What's the end? You put those pieces into the puzzle. What does it look like for you? What, how do you define your, your best life? How do you define joyful longevity? How do you define optimal well-being? Yeah, it's different for everyone. You know, like I can't tell you what success looks like for you and I can't tell you what optimal well-being looks like for you. You've got to work that out for yourself. So that's step one. You know, I, in the book, I talk about seven pieces of the puzzle and absolutely the first piece is find your purpose because I truly believe that when that happens, we stop negotiating all the things. We negotiate every single day. The alarm goes off, we negotiate whether we get up or, or hit snooze. Um, when it's time to eat breakfast, we negotiate whether to eat breakfast or not. Um, we negotiate salad or, you know, donut or an apple. We negotiate ex- going to the gym or, or having a night off because I'm a bit tired. We negotiate, 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 negotiate water or coffee. We negotiate all of the time. And I can tell you, and I've seen this firsthand with myself, but also um, watching my mum in my uh, third book is a book called Dance Until It Rains, which is in my mum's journey with cancer. And, and I tell you, this story really highlights the importance of finding a purpose. And that purpose doesn't have to be some big globally changing thing. It could be something so ridiculously simple when you just focus on who or what is most important in your life. My mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. This is a long time ago now. She's been dead nearly 17 years, but she outlived a cancer prediction or a prognosis by over 15 years. Wow. Uh, and the reason is she identified a purpose. So the primary cancer was in the breast. She got the treatment but didn't change anything, didn't think she needed to, thought it was bad luck, just went with the flow, got the surgery, got the treatment and was told it was all clear until 18 months later that cancer reappeared in her liver and it was much more serious and the prognosis was only a couple of years if she's lucky. So she was at a point in her life where she forced into it and again my 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 comment right now is please don't wait until you're backed into a corner to start looking for your purpose do it now while you've got choice she had choice taken away because her life her mortality was staring her right in the face and she said why okay so do i want to live and the answer was yes but that was not the key question the quick question was why and when she thought about it the thing that meant so much to her was family. You know, her purpose had had a face, had faces. Her purpose was her husband and her kids. And she said, I will fight this because I want to be around for my kids and I want to be an example for my kids. And to watch the changes that she made, she she negotiated giving up smoking for decades, couldn't do it, bang, she gave up smoking. All of a sudden, the changes she made, she started eating better, she started moving her body, she started meditating, she started forgiving herself, she started working on her mindset, she started, you know, reconciling damaged relationships and ending toxic ones. To watch that lady make the changes she had to make and went on to make that extended, in her case, extended her life by another 15 years, was that's what inspired me to write the book. Now, that was the foundation for her. You know, she knew she needed to eat better. She knew she needed to give up smoking. She knew she needed to exercise. She knew she probably knew she needed to filter her water. But 
nothing was going to move her to do it until she had a drive or a purpose or a meaning in her life. Yeah. I mean, this is key. If you start eating well and you think, oh, I've just got to eat salads and and drink water and you're still anxious and stressed, then you can't out eat negativity, right? If you're in a constant state of anxiety or stress or fear, the physiological effect on your body cannot be compensated for by nutrients. Okay. It's important to know that there are people that eat well and exercise regularly that end up sick. And that's what I was saying earlier. The power, that mind-body connection is critically important. So when we have a purpose, when we wake up, we don't see the negative. When we wake up, we don't think about what we don't want. When we have a purpose, we wake up and think about what I do want. I wake up every day thinking about what I want and what I'm going to do to achieve it. And to me, that's exciting. That's empowering. That's that's exhilarating rather than, oh, I've got to go to a job that I hate. If you hate a job change it if your relationship is toxic fix it you know you have choice people think they don't have choice you do have choice but you need that clarity you need that purpose that is foundational without that you can try and stick to a diet or an exercise regime but most people start and then they don't stick to it you've got to know what's important you've got to focus on that every single day so that's really the first piece of the puzzle um, I, I love that. And I, and thank you for sharing your story, you know, about your mom, uh, you know, amazing that she was able to extend her life um, for 15 years, making that shift. And she obviously did a lot. I mean, you mentioned so many things that she changed, uh, which would not be easy, I would imagine. One one thing that I would love to talk about and, and dive a little deeper in is into is the fact of uh, you know, incorporating forgiveness, which your mother, you had mentioned that she, you know, incorporated forgiveness. And that's a big piece for a lot of people um, holding on to uh, any sort of negative emotions, feelings towards other people or, you know, trauma, the body holds on to everything. And if you don't forgive, it, it manifests in different ways. And of course, through through illness. So um, what was the process or did she have a process for forgiveness? And is this something that you write about in your book? Look, I think she just realised, she started to recognise, she started doing a lot of work with counsellors, she started doing a lot of work with, with people, other people that had been through the journey before her and, and, and she started to understand the, the toxic effect of unforgiveness. I mean, she was the one that taught me the saying, you know, unforgiveness is like drinking poison expecting someone else to die, you know, and... And um, so, you know, I think it was just part of her journey of saying, okay, well, I want to live my best life. What are the things I need to reconcile? What are the things that need to change? She realised she had to change her thinking. She needed to change her mindset, you know, and I love the term mindset is my favourite word because, you know, it's such a descriptive word when you think about mind and set. I mean, mind is what we use, how we use our brain and it's incredible capacity, but we set it in a direction. You right. So mindset is we are fixed on a way of thinking, which is going to predictably take us to a destination. And the question we all need to ask is if I continue to think this way, act this way, which direction am I heading? Is it where I want to be? And she said to herself, if clearly my mindset has led me to a secondary diagnosis of cancer, therefore clearly I need to change that. I need to reset my mind on a different path. 
and and that's and we can do that for everybody yes we can do it Mm -hmm. today now this second we can we can reset you know and what you know if you're watching this and i I just want to say good on you for investing time in watching something like this and hopefully this is challenging you a little bit hopefully you're feeling a bit agitated hopefully you're feeling a bit anxious about change but ready to do something different because there's an incredible life out there for every one of us we just Mm -hmm. need to make that decision make the decision allow forgive it, yourself allow for all the all the things that you haven't done up to this point and all the poor choices you've made because we've all done it we're all human yeah. none of us are perfect so forgive yourself as the first step let go of bitterness and resentment um because that's just toxic to your body mm-hmm. where you've done and this is the thing i know i've said things to people um i would hope they would forgive me you know, because I didn't mean to hurt them. It was just in the heat of a moment or just an unthinking. So I would hope they'd forgive me. Therefore, why, why wouldn't I just forgive people? We're just, we're all flawed. We're, we're fla- of- we're, that's it. That's reality. We are flawed. We're going to have some challenges in life. We're going to cause challenges <laughs> for other people. Uh, you know, and, and it, yeah, that forgiveness piece, especially for yourself, can be very difficult, but it's the most important. You can, if you can forgive yourself, then you now become a much more compassionate person for not only yourself, but for others. Um, and you don't take everything so personally, which leads to a lot of the problems, right? We, we, we analyze everything. We put a label on it. This means this. Well, no, it just happened. You know, people can have the best of intention, but still have an effect that causes somebody harm, pain, trauma, what happens have you and so you know we do have to learn that that peace to to forgive to live that best life so that we can thrive so that we can you know find those missing pieces of the puzzle put them together construct it so that we can live optimal health and not be stuck in a suboptimal environment that doesn't feel good that feels exhausting that is full of resistance um you know and, and andrew i want to thank you so much for joining me today unfortunately we we're out of time and this this you know went by so quick I wish we had more time, but I do thank you um, for, uh, you know, all the knowledge and sharing and, you know, being vulnerable and opening up and sharing your own personal stories of being broken, broken, um, and also, you know, witnessing your mother's decline and losing your mom ultimately to to cancer but now on a mission to really create that wave of wellness around the world so you have found your purpose so continue on that extraordinary mission and i do thank you very much for being here um how can people find you and your books i know you've got nine books uh the seventh is the wellness puzzle that we talked about uh, today but uh there are many books so how can they find you andrew uh, Tonya, uh, simply go to my website, which is Andrew Jobling. That's J-O-B-L-I-N-G.com.au, andrewjobling.com.au. Awesome. Again, a pleasure. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for today's Mindset Mentor, everyone. So remember to work out your mindset. You deserve to live an absolutely extraordinary life. You absolutely deserve it. There's no doubt about that. So let's cultivate a life we love. Make sure you tune in next Tuesday at 1 p.m. See you then. No radio? No problem. Stream us live on saga960am.ca.